O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 23. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle is recorded in the first letter of John, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Here ends the epistle. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter, beginning at verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. 
Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, the one rise from the dead. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in Psalm 139. Let us hear verses 13 through 18 and 23 through 24 in Jesus' name. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you created me and all creatures. You have given and still preserve for me my body and soul with all their powers. You provide me with food and clothing, home and family, daily work, and all that I need from day to day. You also protect me in time of danger and guard and keep me from every evil. Help me to remember that you do all this out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, though I do not deserve it. I surely ought to thank and praise, serve and obey you. Help me to do this through Jesus Christ, your Son, my Lord. Amen. Fellow redeemed, have you ever broken an arm or sprained an ankle? Oftentimes we don't realize what important functions each part of our body plays until we no longer have use of them. For example, try picking up a hymnal or tying your shoes without using your thumbs. Are you able to? God has designed each part of our body to do wonderful things. In the words of Luther's explanation to the first article of the Creed, God has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. First, he fashioned us. On the sixth day of creation, the triune God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. I am that man, and so are you. Although God does not create us directly from the ground or from a rib as he did Adam and Eve, the Lord is nonetheless our creator just as much as he was theirs. He brings us into existence through the natural process of conception and birth. He remains fully in control of our creation. He maintains the processes and watches over us with a personal care, even before we are born. Some label life as only an accident, the haphazard result of parental union. Others lament life, complaining they didn't choose to be born. Still others play fast and loose with life, snuffing it out either inside or outside the womb. But the fact remains, God has made me and all creatures. He fashioned us. When we first began, we were not 
just lumps of tissue going through a biological process. We are not the products of fate or impersonal mother nature. In beautiful poetic language, the psalmist confesses, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The handcrafting verbs knit and weave in this psalm picture God's skill and personal attention in creating each of us. The image of our creation and our creator, though, goes deeper and becomes more substantial than a kindly grandmother working at her loom. There is nothing like the human body. No machine can ever duplicate what God has programmed our bodies to do. Think of all that you can do at work or at play with arms and legs, hands and fingers, back and shoulders, the skeletal form and nervous system God has given you. Think also of how the body God has given us is able to ward off disease and repair itself when damaged. No machine from any century can do that. Think, too, of the computer God has housed in our cranium, a marvel that mankind will never be able to duplicate. Made of tissue and fed by the bloodstream like the rest of your body, yet the brain controls it all. Not only does the human brain react, but unlike that of animals, it reasons and responds, enabling us to discover and control the world God has made for us. Though the curse of sin has damaged what God gave us so that it deteriorates in the course of time, whether 8 or 80 years old, we can exclaim with David, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We see God's power in the creation of mountains, planets, and solar systems, but in each individual's creation, we see also his attention to detail as the intricacies of nerves, muscles, spirit, personality, and the numbered hairs of a person's head are all woven according to God's design and knowledge. The psalmist goes on to marvel that the Almighty God pays so much attention to him. God's personal care in our creation strengthens us when we feel small and threatened. He cares for us. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The Lord knew us from the beginning. The Lord's care and attention for us goes back to our first instant of life as an unformed body or embryo in the womb. God created, God recorded our development day by day, even before we were conceived. Our entire life was ordained, written in God's book. God's foreknowledge and care for us is complete, not filled with what-ifs, possibilities, and theories, but firmly known and recorded in his book like official laws and decrees. How can we react when we recognize God's constant presence, power, and knowledge, his constant care for us? David calls these thoughts of God toward him precious. 
he was stunned at the magnitude of God's thoughts. So also, the more we learn about the human body and the natural world, the more we should stand in awe of God and worship him. God's care for us is also seen as he protects me from all danger, guards and keeps me from all evil. Our powerful and wise creator is also a demanding and holy judge. God alone can judge correctly. He knows all circumstances and our inner motives. The psalmist asks, Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? If we love righteousness, we must hate and oppose wickedness. Thanks be to God that he sent his Son to defeat sin, death, and the devil by taking upon himself God's wrath against sin. Having defeated our enemies, he continues to defend us against the attacks of the devil, the world, and our flesh by his powerful word. Our psalm concludes with David's humble prayer, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. David recognizes that without forgiveness, he too would fall under the wrath of a holy God. He asks that the Lord would use his knowledge of him to cleanse him from every evil way which would lead him away from God. He also asks God to remove all doubts from his heart and to lead him the other way, to God's everlasting presence. For sinners, the only solution to God's holy anger against sin is the love of God in Christ. This love moves him to use his knowledge and power to save us rather than to destroy us. This love opens the way of life everlasting. He leads us to heaven. Have you seen the commercial that says a diamond lasts forever? Diamonds, however, don't last forever. They can be lost or stolen. Death rips them off your finger or locks them with you in the casket. But the life God gives you lasts forever. Body and soul, God gave Adam and Eve. Body and soul, he also gave us. A body to house us while in this world, and a soul that he intends to live with him forever. Through sin, Adam and Eve threw away for themselves and for all following generations the complete holiness and perfect knowledge that composed the divine image in which God had created them. By their sin, they exchanged fellowship with God for fighting against God, following God's will for rebelling against it. Blessed never-ending life with God for life with the devil a life they could only futilely hope would not last forever. Thank God that in his love, he also recreates us. He who made us in our mother's womb now remakes us in Christ. Through the Savior's payment for our sins and the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, he refashions us, restoring us in his holy image that will be fully ours in heaven. 
In the resurrection, he has waiting for us a perfect body to replace the one laid low by death on earth. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just look at what he does for us, that we can be that creation he intended when he first made man. He fashions us, he cares for us, and he leads us to heaven. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, as now it will be forever. Amen. In the peace and forgiveness of Christ, let us offer our prayers to the Father and in the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, because of your tender love toward us sinners, you have given us your Son, that believing in him we might have everlasting life. Continue to grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may remain steadfast in the Apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of the bread, and prayer. Keep us steadfast in this faith to the end, that we may finally come to life everlasting. Strengthen and defend your church, that by your word and sacraments faith may grow, and love toward all increase. Guide and protect all who spread abroad the light of your truth throughout the world. Bless the schools, colleges, and seminaries of the church that they may send forth laborers to serve you in the ministry of your word, in the ministry of mercy, and in all godly walks of life. Let the light of your word continually shine in our homes. Keep the children of the church in the grace of their baptism and grant that all entrusted with their care may Bring them up in true faith and obedience to your will. Eternal Lord, ruler of all, graciously regard those who have been set in positions of authority among us, especially the President of the United States, the Governor of this state, and all legislators and magistrates. Grant that, guided by your Spirit, they may be high in purpose, wise in counsel, firm in good resolution, and unwavering in duty that under them we may be quietly and peaceably governed. Loving Father, hear our prayers on behalf of those who are sick, homebound, and lonely. Bless them with faith in your loving kindness and protection. Relieve their pain, guard them from all danger, restore to them the joy of your salvation, and uphold them with your tender hand. Let your blessing rest upon seed time and harvest, on commerce and industry, on medicine and science. Care for all whose labor is difficult or dangerous. Bless all who in their daily calling endeavor to do your will and give them the assurance that their work is pleasing in your sight. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to come to you, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.